0: what up baby dj legend molly maul in the building i don't care who first or who last need to shake that ass with the mega late show baby you know what it is peace Summers, what up yo uh welcome back to the mega late show episode number 116 116 Summers it's good to have you back brother
1: thanks man it's good to be back
0: you know you were here uh episode 40 which was almost exactly two years ago, with uh, Fitz Ambrose. Yeah, yeah, oh, almost. Wow. I think it. Um, I just saw a little joint on my my thing that said, "Hey, July 11th, two years ago," and it was uh, some posts about you being on a podcast with Fitz. Oh, Shout wow. out to Fitz, man. Shit. Also, you're on episode number 103 with Marcus D. We are the Mega late Show, Tokyo Hip Hop and Incredible Culture, Creative Culture, every week new episodes tuesday and friday and today is no different we have an incredible guest yep yeah i guess we should just go into who the guest is and shit right so we can just talk about other random things and i've only met you like two or three times and the last time i met you we exchanged like uh, instagram i think or i got your instagram but yeah stupid kozo what up hey what up thank you for having me man super Super happy to have you here because uh, I really respect your name. Oh, thanks. I really fuck with that name a lot. <laughs> Hell yeah! It stands out on everything, right, Smurz? Yeah. Dude, do, it does, man. That's uh, that's a big name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you know um the first time that I interacted with you, like I had seen your name on uh like posters and maybe even seen you DJ, but the first time I interacted with you was playing Overwatch. Oh. We were playing Overwatch. And I saw Submersed Beats, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be cool if that was Submersed." And then the team that you were on—it was like also Stupid Kozo—and I was like, "Oh shit, that is undoubtedly them teaming and playing together." Yep, <laughs> I uh, yeah.
1: I forgot to tell you about this yeah. uh, when you told me initially, but that is uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We definitely should have teamed up after that,
0: right? Yeah. You, well, I, I should have—I I didn't. I don't think I actually knew you at that point yet. This okay. is probably like four years ago right. when I was playing Overwatch. My wife still plays that shit. She runs Junkrat and nice. nothing uh. else. <laughs> a Junkrat main <laughs> and just never changes. Yeah, yeah but but um, yeah, yeah, man. The reason I like I like this self kind of deprecating name, and my PS4 name is Worst Person. <laughs> so I was like, hey, man, I feel like I could get along with Stupid Kozo a lot. Yeah. I would say people, if you want to add me on uh, on PS4 or PlayStation Network, go ahead and add worst person, but don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. I don't like playing with people that are Wh- not in my clan. What are you uh, playing right now? Um, I've been, for the like the last two years, I've basically been doing only free games. Okay. So, uh, Apex Legends, I did Fortnite for a couple weeks, uh, mm. and right now I'm playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare, or... Warzone, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warzone. I think so. The free battle royale right. joint. My clan is doing that. And the only game I bought in like the last two years is the Spider-Man joint that came out, which was money well spent. Hell yeah! yeah. I
2: thought. What are you guys playing? You guys still play together all the time? Um, it's been a while since we play Overwatch. We've been taking a little break from all days like PVP game for mm-hmm. a while. Yeah,
1: I think that was the last game we played together. Oh no it was shit. Probably Overwatch, yeah. but mainly single player games i guess i just beat uh persona 5 the royale which is the second or third time technically i beat persona which is another 170 hour (laughs) game. um and i am playing through the last of us two one again okay um just before i go into two Mm. i'm just kind of waiting for that hype to die down but it's really hard at the moment to like avoid Spoilers. Spoilers Right, right. So I'm, I'm basically trying to like Not listen to any game podcasts Or like yeah. YouTube channels I usually do I'm trying to just block that Out of my head But
0: I managed to avoid all of it Like I want to play that game a lot But I'm waiting until that shit Ends up for like Ten dollars At the fucking hard off Or some shit Like yeah. I just don't want to play Full price for these games anymore I, I felt I felt like I got I, I fell into like uh, Buying fucking skins and shit Like and I, I hated myself for it was like yo i need to look like john wick too right and then like i just i I didn't spend i probably spent like 50 like five thousand yen on like skins and i was so mad at myself that i just decided not to spend any money on games anymore so that's my level right now
1: yeah i feel that um i think i spend quite a bit on overwatch loot boxes it starts off with just one, right? You're like, yeah. "Okay, just one." And then you yeah. get
0: a bu- you get a free one for right. Christmas and you're like, "Oh man, they're so generous it's with like this a- game." And then I'll just buy a couple more. Right. I really need this like Dr. Junkenstein skin yep. right yeah. now. Oh, yeah, or, like the fucking yeah. like the lava fucking doomfish shit. And then it just all goes downhill. Yeah. But my wife is not a gamer, but man, that's she fucking plays Overwatch like at least an hour a night for probably the last since it came out right and i'll be trying to push her to other games and like if she likes this and maybe she'll like that but nah it's a strange thing man but but yeah, to go back, uh, I guess let's, well, let, let's introduce Kozo uh, a little bit more and then we'll talk about some more games and shit before we get into it. Because I want to talk about PS5 with you guys and shit like that too, right? Cool, yeah. But but uh, Kozo, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you as like a DJ mm-hmm. um, out here. I know you spent some time in Canada, which is where you picked up your English. Yep. And you're not uh, originally
2: from Tokyo. You're from Fukuoka? Yes, exactly. Okay.
0: Can can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah. Or is that, is that
2: um, it Um, I'm 28 years old, Japanese. I grew up in Fukuoka, which is the south part of Japan, and I went uh, university on there, so I lived there until 23 Yeah, then I took the year off from college and went uh, abroad to uh, Canada. That's where I learned English. And then went back to Japan, Fukuoka. Then we, I uh, started with a radio show called Abysmal Lunch" with my homie Fico, which was uh, uh my uh, college mate. Okay. Yeah, so Japanese as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we started the radio show, and I started connecting with the people in Tokyo, such as the uh, cosmopolitan guys, submers, mm. having a show together in back in Fukuoka, and also sometimes I visited Tokyo too and then uh, after graduation i found a job in tokyo and moved up moving here so ever, ever since that uh we've been uh been hanging out with some mers and i've been show with them and then okay. dj
0: that's pretty much where i see your name usually always associated with like um you know the 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 regular group of guys yeah. right you yeah. know submers uh, yeah. Fitz, uh, buddha monk and them so hey yeah i'm i'm glad to kindly finally make your acquaintance and be a little bit more personal and find out more about you and i guess share some bullshit about myself too yeah uh this uh was it called abysmal lounge yeah it's a radio show you do yeah is it consistent like uh every week or something uh, like
2: that? it started as a weekly show and uh we did the weekly shows for like three years i had uh, then i had the hiatus for uh, and we are back now. So it's a month three show. It's okay. a DJ mix show, so I don't talk that much. You just I just play my favorite music Word. at the time for one and a half hour.
1: Do you know what uh, episode number you're up to now?
2: Uh, I'm currently at 160. Oh wow! Yeah, it's been, that's a lot, man. Yeah, that is a lot. Been on for six years.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hey, man! Congratulations! It's yeah, dope thank to you. Appreciate to it, maintain anything like that. Yeah. Like uh, the podcast. Like I said, the first time that Submerse was on, and probably the maybe like the third time that we really spoke uh, was that recording and that was episode 40 mm-hmm. about two years ago we've been pretty consistent with like weekly episodes um and yeah so i know the fucking struggle but yeah consistency man that's really dope and uh, uh of course i'd like to get more insight into your thoughts about uh, traveling abroad living in japan cultural norms and your music taste and stuff but let's get back to this PS5 shit. That's Are you cool. guys hyped for that? Are you guys hyped for the yeah, PlayStation Five? Yeah, definitely, 100. We're gamers, yeah. Like oh the yeah. three of us. Can we say that about ourselves? Man, I, yeah. I my so, my, yeah. my alarm was set for uh, 4:59
1: a.m. to watch the announcement for the oh, PS5. Oh yeah, I was there. Uh, you, <laughs> that's I was that's ready.
0: That's that's a uh, uh, a bit more committed
1: the, than man, me. Wake, waking up at 5 a.m. and the first thing you see in 4K glory. Is Miles Morales was like the
0: greatest opening to a console launch I think I've ever seen. I've, I was not like when I was younger, I like playing games and shit, but I, I was never like a, a gamer that would be like ready for. I never had the money to buy anything at launch. So like PlayStation 4, I was moving and I was not interested in the games, but I really started considering myself a gamer. And maybe I still don't, but PlayStation 4. I mean, I played all the old classics and, and had all the systems as a kid, but th- I'm trying to make the PS5 the first system that I get on launch, and I think maybe we won't get it on launch day here in Japan, like the PS4. Yeah, I think it's going to be the uh,
1: Amazon pre-order thing, right? I think okay, people yeah. will probably refresh when it gets to
0: midday, I think, when Amazon mm. announced their pre-orders. Word. Yeah. I th- what... What do you guys think about the PS, uh, the kind of direction that they're going with the PS5? Because it's like a weaker, technically a weaker system than than the Xbox Series X. Terrible name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking super terrible name, by the way. But it's a, it's a weaker system yep. in terms of the raw horsepower. But they're supposed to be, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know shit about this, but kind of the way that the... Uh, the hard drive, the graphics card, the processor, and the sound card operator's supposed to be like really optimized to make it a very high quality level functioning system sure that, that might not have the same bottleneck of the the Series X. Right. I mean I'm 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 only I'm definitely gonna get the PlayStation five because who the fuck has an Xbox in Japan? Right. But yeah, what are you guys general thoughts? Man,
1: I think um I think the jump in console technology is like it's nothing compared to what it used to be right you remember when uh it was super nintendo and then all of a sudden they're like here's the nintendo 64 the jump in graphics it used to be bits right right so it was like 8-bit 16-bit 32-bit first disc system all this stuff and um it seems like nowadays like the jump from like the ps4 to the ps5 isn't as huge as we're used to seeing right and i think like with indie games doing so well these days people kind of realize that it's not just the technology and the, the graphics of something that make a console and I think the one thing that Playstation does have is just this insane library of exclusive games Yeah, and they don't all need to look incredible like some of the best games from the past few years have been like retro themed kind of games and I think as long as developers are making stuff that's interesting with a good story like the graphics are just a bonus i guess to it
0: yeah you know the the emphasis on like 8k 4k right like i don't have a television that's going to play that (laughs) shit right now anyway so i'm not necessarily so concerned about that element of it but things like uh no loading screens faster loading times i think these are some of the things that the next generation is trying to to work on yeah because they they add to the
1: experience of the game like uh if you remember like resident evil for example Mm -hmm. the original that would have a 15 second loading screen every time you open a door yeah with the animation of the door opening and you go in whereas now the remakes you just kick the door down and the suspense Mm -hmm. like stays so i think that's part of like the game i mean it's it's cool to see really good graphics like I'm, i'm not gonna lie like seeing like the new uh I don't know the new NBA 2K and be like, "Oh my god, you can see the sweat dripping down LeBron's face." So like right, it's so right. real, right? That's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah.
0: Yeah. The 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 ray tracing with the light shit looks really dope too. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Yo, this is like a billion billion polygons, like this is a billion triangles." <laughs> I'm like, well, "Triangles are dope as fuck." But, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't say that's kind of like uh, the most important element of gaming for me. I I recently um I recently played, what is it, Un- Uncharted 4? Yeah. Is that the Nathan Drake shit, right? That's Uncharted 4, right, yeah. and it was kind of dope to me that there was no loading screens, and I didn't realize it until I was almost done with the game. I was like, this is just like seamlessly going from gameplay to cinematic to gameplay to cinematic, and, you yeah. know, of course it'll change chapters and you'll get, you know, something else, but I, I, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. It gives Have,
2: you a more immersive experience. Yeah. Game, and,
0: right? and so, like, the, the controller vibration, like, I mean, that's not, like, a huge deal to me. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of dope that, like, the trigger is going to feel different from pulling a gun trigger or, you know, pulling back a, an arrow. Sure. And the sound work that they're doing, it all sounds really ill to me, man. It sounds really ill. Did, what do you guys think about the rumors about the uh, Xbox Lockhart? Have you guys heard about this at all?
2: The Xbox Lockhart? Yeah
0: no you guys aren't aware of this oh i get to drop some knowledge hold on while i drop some knowledge i might have all right knowledge drop here we go (laughs) no so so there are rumors and and there are just rumors right now but some of them have been more substantiated than others but there's going to be um just as there's two consoles for the playstation right the disc and the digital there's going to be a downgraded version of the series x that is like a Codename Lockhart and basically this is like a system whose graphics are more in par with um, The Xbox one Pro or whatever whatever they call it right. Scorpion. Well, I don't even know but So it's not going to produce like 4k. It's not going to do all these things, but it has the capability of playing all of these new um, generation games just set resolutions that are more in line with what what's up now right so you're getting a slightly downgraded gaming experience but all of the benefits of the new continent the new generation which means it's going to have complete backwards compatibility through the entire xbox cat or the majority of the xbox catalog all the way to xbox one new games the downloading and the ability to play with people who have the other system you know and and other systems but the biggest selling point of it is they're talking about the price point is going to be like neiman like two hundred dollars which is that's pretty insane right i mean if that's the case undoubtedly i'm going to get one just so i can play like fucking gears of war and shit you know and you get all the gaming experience so yeah, uh, like you were saying about um, about graphics not really being the the demarcation of advancement nowadays. I fucking think that that's dope, so I'm all for that. Yeah, for sure, I'm all for that.
1: Man, I I forget how much of a big market share uh, Microsoft and Xbox has in the West. Right. I, I mean, like I pretty much my first online gaming experiences were Xbox One xbox live halo yeah and i love that stuff that was like uh incredible the first time Mm. you could speak to your friends like with a headset and hear them and play games at the same time like everyone owned an xbox but in japan like the xbox is pretty i don't know anyone that owns an xbox here i actually got invited a few years ago uh to an xbox like preview conference thing in akihabara for a friend of mine that Mm. used to work for capcom so I arrived thinking that there's going to be like hundreds of people there, a big exhibition mm. center. I think there was like 20 people. There. Wow.
0: Yeah, I hear that they like sold like like this incredibly small amount of consoles out here. People were just not really interested in in it at all. But I had a I had an Xbox 360 and, and not a PlayStation 3, and I would have gotten an Xbox probably if I was in the States, but despite like the, you know, graphics comparison and shit like that and exclusives i probably would have had an xbox one if i was still living back in the states just because i i really thought that the 360 was the superior system in that generation despite the red ring of death and shit yeah i had a
1: I was working for gamestop at the time when the 360 launched so i that was my first ever ever dj set to people by the way No shit. Was at GameStop at midnight for the launch of the Xbox 360. That's pretty dope. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What did you play? What type of music were you playing? I I
1: have no idea.
0: What year did that shit drop? Like 2006? Five? Five, maybe? That's crazy. So who was like, uh, what kind of music was playing? shit. I have I'm in love with a stripper. (laughs) <laughs> like, dude, what, what, what kind of <laughs> shit was coming out that year i have fucking no idea dude,
1: I, I like I, I i have one picture of me in my like gamestop uniform behind like a pair of really cheap new mark turntables that were like the first turntables like i had belt drive and shit yeah belt drive turntables right. and uh yeah man good times but yeah uh, that was uh, uh, that was solidified my first ever li- uh
0: show was the xbox 360 oh, that's ones. dope man
2: that's Great way to start your DJ <laughs> career.
0: Word, yeah. kind of one of my first times. I think my second time I ever DJed was that my my homie in Texas had a, uh, like a gaming uh business. Like he had a bunch of like systems, PlayStation threes and Xbox, and and you can go in there and play games and and play against each other and play online. It was just like a, a room with like fucking black lights and fucking multiple screens, and like we would just DJ in there. When I got my little bullshit m audio fucking controller that's kind of like maybe the second or third set that i ever played gaming yeah Yeah, dude but i don't i don't i don't really like project that i'm a gamer that much just because it's like it's like with weed right you know like there's people that smoke weed and there's people who have like weed leaf medallions you know what i mean and like alien heads and shit like you know they're like obsessed with projecting the image of being a, a weed head. I feel like that about gaming. I kind of just don't want to be like, oh, fucking nerd. Yeah. It's a weird thing. It's weird that it's become a thing where it's like it's kind of cool now
1: with things like Twitch and uh you know, a lot of young kids who idolize these Twitch streamers and YouTubers for like video games. It's like the thing they want to do. My um yeah. my nephew he is uh six years old, and since he was one years old, he'd been obsessed with Spider-Man, because I, I really pushed Spider-Man when he was I appreciate kid, right? you, fam. Yeah. Yeah. You, you I mean, you know the vibes.
2: Uh, yeah. You know the vibes of oh, yeah.
1: Spider-Man household. Man, he uh, he was obsessed every day, to the point where my sister was like, she's so mad that I even uttered the word Spider-Man, because he, he used to sleep in his full Spider-Man costume obsessed so he gets a bit older and he he gets really into football or soccer i guess and uh he's like i want to grow up i want to play football i want to be a professional football player i spoke to my sister recently and she said oh he's completely changed everything Mm. all he wants to do in life is be a professional Fortnite player and he's Mm. like mom i want to be a gamer i want to be a
0: pro gamer i want to theme my room around video games yeah i'm like that's pretty cool it's cool but it's also kind of weird right yeah like um There's such a subculture around it. It's become kind of like a... uh, It very much is like a culture. The way that we used to think about hip-hop culture, Mm -hmm. like there's a gaming culture and like a lineage, and there's like the organic like pioneers that were playing, you know, melee tournaments, Smash Brothers melee tournaments, like traveling the country, you know, not online. And now there's this whole economy around it. But it seems a bit different to me than like organic cultures that come together, organic cultures, then cultures that come together in a physical space, just because, I don't know, it's mediated, the entire culture is mediated by experiences that people within the culture are not really developing. You know what I mean? Like the gamers are different than the gaming programmers. And also so much of it is based upon like, consuming and not actually the participation it's a weird thing right i haven't really thought about it in those terms but yeah
1: i don't know it's really interesting when a community like takes something for their own and and makes something new out of it so Mm. i think melee is a pretty good example for smash because that game was already pretty old and people started to run tournaments and they figured out things like how to wave dash and like things in the game that were never supposed to be even like used and they built like a whole scene mm-hmm. around like smash melee yeah. even the gamecube had been like right. gone for years but i remember like people used to host tournaments and you just turn up at someone's house and you just sleep on their couch yep. for like the whole weekend and it's just melee right. the whole weekend
0: right it's it's kind of a it's a strange thing to think about in terms of like a, a culture developing because um, gaming is like a billion dollar industry right whereas you think about some of the other cultures that have grown and then were adopted by mass culture and then become something different like hip hop or punk or any musical subgenre basically that becomes co-opted by the machinations of capitalism i guess because like i guess to join this culture it's just like with the new comic book movies it's it's how are you organically participating in a part of a culture that is more like a top-down hegemony than, like, a bottom-up hegemony. Uh, You know, which is weird. I don't know. Uh, We don't need to get too too deep into it, but I feel like we've just stumbled (laughs) across a conversation that would be better suited if we collected our thoughts True. on it and yeah, yeah, then yeah. had a discussion like did some research on critical theory or some <laughs> bullshit yeah but but fuck it uh, i don't know video games let's get back on because you're being quiet over here yeah. stupid i, Kozo. I just want
1: to ask real quick what what was the first games you played when you were a kid because i know obviously like things like xbox weren't huge in japan but i know like the pc engine was like massive for like kids in japan and the pc engine was released in the west as the turbo graphics 16 but it still was never like really popular. Hmm. Like do you remember like what was your first like home console? He's too
2: young for the TurboGrafx. It was oh, uh, a yeah. Super Family computer, Super Family. Okay, Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah. My brother got one. So I was playing our Crown Trigger, Dragon Quest, nice. Final Fantasy on that console. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you got older brothers? yeah how old how old is your older brother Uh, seven years old better than me okay he's closer my age that's that's a really
1: cool age i think yeah to have someone older like an uncle or brother because then you can get to see the cool stuff when you're really young yeah exactly
2: i had the one uh 10 years older sister as well okay so my brothers and sister brother and sister actually opened the door for me for hip-hop and music and games so they were interested in in hip-hop and gaming
0: too right yeah huh that's when when did you w- did do they know how to speak english no not no? all. yeah mm. that's interesting that's one of the things that i wanted to kind of get into about your experiences here uh in japan um because you've traveled abroad but where should we start first submersed where do you think we should start i didn't make any show notes but let me think here let i think one of up. the
1: uh the first times we met one mm-hmm. of the funny and interesting things was a lot of the slang you used, and then I, I think you told me about. it And I asked you, and you you said you used to read hip hop lyrics, yeah, exactly, to learn English. Yeah, mm. which I think is a pretty interesting way. Like, I don't really know. I've not really met anybody else that's tried to to learn English
0: that way. That is interesting. Yeah. Let's start with like, what were some of your um, earliest musical influences? Bef- maybe even before you got into uh, you know non-Japanese artists
2: yeah um, I started listening to music while my brother was listening and my sister was listening so I grew up listening to some like J-pop but just like J-pop is more like art, uh, fit, uh inspired by hip-hop like Lips Rhyme or uh, Kicks of or oh Dragonash and then so i was tracking ash man yeah. i loved her <laughs> no idea who that is yeah. so good so those like japanese uh kind of j-pop slash i pop artists and i start my sister put somehow a little bow wow album on my itunes and i started it listening this is like first uh, our uh, encounter as a towards uh, uh foreign r- rap music for me do you little remember bow what, wow. which little baoa wow track? Yeah, it was like uh, I think it's a super poppy one with Chris Brown, Shadi, Shadi, uh, What was it, shorty.
0: I You're not going to be able to get that answer out of me because I just simply yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. D- during that time, I was not listening to like any pop rap shit. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. so yeah, after that, I got into I somehow stumbled onto our uh, more conscious rap and uh, started listening to kind of, Kanye and I found out about Common and obsessed with Jay Dilla and the whole, uh, tribe and then, right. Yeah. Farsight so and then, you a, name it. A and pretty different lane
0: than little bow wow. Yeah. Even, even though the God bow wow is, you know, super lyrical. <laughs> <Bow> wow. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So yeah, I, I tried to like, I was like 10, 12, 12, 13 years old. And then tried to like sing lyrics and uh, come in and trying to uh, translate them with using my mm-hmm. dictionary or, um, in English terms, I learned from glimmers. I learned from school. Mm. So yeah, that's how I actually like got into learn. Got got into passionate about learning English or that's uh, dope. T- passionate yeah. towards hip hop oh. cultures.
0: It's a bit different. Well, I I kind of hope that I inspire my kids like that. That mm-hmm. be like, yo, I, I got I got. Um, well, not right now, but I've had girls that were in my classes that had been dancing like hip hop style dance, you know, whatever that whatever you want to call that, that they're learning at a culture center. But when I try to like hip them to like some hip hop shit, not so interested. And I wonder if they kind of take like if they go home and like, yo, let me try to figure out what these lyrics are, because I'm teaching them English. So mm. and they've got to pick up on it because I'd be like, Yeah, I, I use a lot of slang in my classes, like. Not not the real crazy shit, but I'd be like, Hey yo, like, what's up, homie? And and, and I hope that they pick up on those type of things. Did you take any Eikaiwa classes when you were when you were young? No, no, not at all. You just had a, a desire to want to learn English? Yeah. Is that is that something that you think is common amongst Japanese?
2: kids i don't think so Our uh, japanese especially like uh, junior high school education in english is uh especially for me was i grew up in a small town so everybody's afraid of uh our uh, learn english or be trying to uh, put them some in in there so like every time we read a textbook we uh, try and read it as japanese english right nobody right. like dare to try to actual english even the teacher can't do that so right so from me, it was a part of the problem that I think a lot of kids like if you do try to do English actual English pronunciation that you be like awakened as a Right. or okay. yeah trying to be. And I think that's I think
1: first of all it's super cool that you like you had an in to like hip hop through Bow Wow, but quickly at super a uh, super young age quickly dug to found yeah somehow. some other stuff like yourself like I I was kind of blessed where my uncle was like. I don't know, when I was ten years old. He was like, Yo, this is Wu Tang, this is Tribe Called Quest, let's go. And I was like, Okay, I'm done I'm done. Like, right. I didn't really need to like really dig for that myself, but you found that other stuff yourself and obviously your passion for it was so good that it spurred you to learn English to the level where you're at.
0: I think that's super cool. It it seems quite different. You know, I, I guess it's um we've had quite a few Japanese cats on here, um, that do different things, you know, DJing, uh, beat making, uh, you know, a variety uh, of different things within hip hop culture. And it's kind of a common trope between them. is like the cats that are serious that, that really like, um, hip hop culture, they, they push a little bit more to learn the language. Cause I think it's so important that you have an understanding of the lyrics in hip hop, whereas with other genres of music, you might not need as strong of an understanding, but hip hop is so based upon delivering a large amount of information, whether it's as knowledge or just experience of black culture, unlike other genres. You know, punk music is talking about a lot of different things, but it's easier to pick up fuck the police than it is to hear about the nuances of the black experience. Mm -hmm. Or and, you know, that's what hip hop is largely just unseparated from the kind of damn and detested mores of the West. Yeah. Which I say a lot. So <laughs> forgive me for that. Man, but
1: especially when it's more of like initially the conscious kind of rep that you gravitate towards. Yeah. Mm. I think obviously that being able to
0: understand like the message behind stuff is like super important because um, how you, you, you obviously you must know a lot of Japanese cats who... Are doing hip-hop stuff out here mm-hmm. whether it's beats dancing or whatever um, and they a, a lot of them probably don't know how to speak English is yeah. that right yeah how important to you do you think it is that non that the Japanese people understand how can I phrase this Submerse. I'm trying to figure out how I can phrase this in a way that's like not so broad do you think it's important for Japanese people Doing hip hop shit to learn about where the shit comes from. Is that is that clear? Do yeah, you get I that? Think that's clear. Yeah. How, do you think how important do you think that is?
2: I think it's a uh, very huge, very important to learn how the culture you love came from. Uh, English learning English is also. I think it's a way to get better understanding and then more close to the source information. I think also in terms of learning where that can come from, I think there's uh, so many great uh, translators who's are uh, doing uh, uh, trans- uh, trans- uh, translation for rap lyrics or cultures of books in Japan as well. Uh, I know uh, my uh, friend Shiho Watanabe, had is doing, uh, she's been doing uh, translation for rap albums for over 10 years. At oh, time. wow. So yeah. I think a lot of cats on um, in Japan learning those uh, original stories or cultures via uh, their translation. So, thank God. Uh, it's important to learn the culture, yes. Mm. But you need English, Is it's better to have it, but not necessarily.
0: Okay.
1: That's really cool. I mean, one thing I, I have noticed recently is... Um, because of everything that's happened in the past few months and, and Black Lives Matters, and everything. And the stuff in Japan that people have translated to Japanese to, to, to repost and to try and spread the word more and the message and educate people. There's been so many really great resources uh, translate to Japanese. Seems like the community is quite passionate about being able to, to
0: translate this stuff right. for, for everyone. Y- you know, I'm, I'm a bit, I can be a bit critical about anything. But when it comes to hip-hop culture, right, I've always taken a very protectionist uh, position about it because historically uh, black art forms or even, you know, deeply uh, ethnic art forms, whether it's the uh, people from Mexico and Cinco de Mayo or even the Irish with, you know, um, all of their cultural traditions that have been kind of co-opted by American culture. W- when it comes to hip-hop, seeing that that's my culture, um. That, that I grew up in, you know, my, my, my dad is black. I, I'm concerned when I see Japanese people putting on all the hip hop garments and doing all the hip hop things, but not fighting for, or at least even acknowledging some of the issues that black Americans are facing. So I, I, I have been really appreciative of the black people standing in support Uh, for Black Lives Matter movement and just generally anti-racist and recognition of that uh, over the last several months. But one thing that the Black Lives Matter uh, um, marches here didn't really address are kind of some of the racial issues that happen in Japan. And it's not just to black people, you know, there's there's, um, an otherness to just being a foreigner here. And I, I really think that it would benefit For people like yourself who can speak English and kind of get closer to the issue, I think it's really beneficial if guys like you led the charge in anti-racism here and pointed out to people when they're fucking up. Have you ever had to see, have you ever seen like one of your peers, a Japanese person who was doing something that you knew they shouldn't be doing? with, like, black culture, you know, like saying the N-word or or blackface or some bullshit like that? Have you seen shit that's wrong? Yeah. You've seen that here? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, there's one Halloween party I played back in the day, and then there's a guy who had the Afro uh, wig on and blackface and uh, trying to play disco, and I was like, yo, then you yo, dude, that's... uh This came from ignorant, right? Right. So, so I... Try to be, uh, try to persuade him not to do that, but like, he just didn't really have like listen to me. It was right. p- I met him for the first time, so I straight up went to like, dude, you shouldn't do that, right? So he didn't really, uh, 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 he didn't really understand that problem, but I think those like ignorance are a huge part in Japanese racism.
1: I gotta, I gotta say, I'm, I'm quite <clears throat> proud of a lot of, uh, some japanese people i know within the music scene here who are usually quite quiet online who have been vocal recently in in showing their support yeah because i think it's it's obvious that if you if if you associate with hip-hop or you make hip-hop or you you like it or anything it's it's absolutely essential that you step up and you say something and you show support to to your friends and 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 the the thing you love so if you love it so much right then step up and say something. And I think it's I've been quite surprised recently that I've seen so many people vocal on online, like Japanese friends when I've never seen them so vocal about other political issues mm. in Japan, even about like Japanese, like government right. stuff it's, it's, it's cool to see everyone really uniting recently, especially over here.
0: I, I dig it. You know, like, I don't want to put anybody on trial for it. I don't want to sure. like, I, I, I don't want to be like Kozo. What are you, what are you doing to, you know, address these issues? Yeah. Cause I don't think that it's um imperative for anybody to do um, for black people are not a monolith and not everybody has the same experiences while there is kind of a um, it's, it's very much highlighted in culture right now and there's a various different degrees of people who are addressing them you know from your twitter groups to you know people who are addressing the clash issues but I think it's I think it's rather important and because Japan is so far removed from uh, the American struggles that, mm. that that come with that country and, and blackness. Um, I don't expect Japanese people to have the answers on this shit, but sure. it's dope when people like you who who have been abroad and kind of can see it in a different light because you can understand the nuances of a Kanye verse or a Common verse. It's good when you when you uh, you know point out to a fucking guy that rocking blackface <laughs> in an Afro wig. It may seem like it's a funny thing to do, but there is kind of a uh, a context to that that makes it not a real cool thing to do. And 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 it's crazy because like there was a controversy with uh, the rapper A Witch, right? You guys familiar with her? Yeah. No, she she's Animorphs? Yeah, she used it quite a bit in her raps. She's um she has a biracial child with a a, a black man who is a is five percenter, nation of the gods in the earth, like the most pro-black almost, you know what I mean? And, uh like, I guess she got permission from him to use it, and so she kind of does, but since she's making rap music and a face of rap music for Japanese people, black folks are like, what's up with you using it? Like, you really shouldn't want to if you know black people. So, you know, that argument is kind of interesting, and, and it's a contrast to kind of what the... I feel it's kind of different from what I feel like the Japanese youth should be learning Mm. about the culture. Mm. It's not about like acting black. It's about participating in these things and fighting against, you know, uh, oppression and and these type of structures that are affecting all of us. So uh, I'm more of, for lack of a better term, a class reductionist than a race reductionist. I don't focus so much on my blackness or anything like that. But yeah, man, it's dope. Um, I think I feel like I have another question, like more questions about you. But let's 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 just pause for a second while I change the music up. I want something more upbeat, you know? We're getting fucking serious here and shit. <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, let's come back in with this shit. All right. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not trying to put you on trial or anything. I'm just curious because you're a Japanese Catholic and speak English. Uh, how how important was your time spent abroad? Um did it cause you to come back with a lot of different views about yeah. foreigners than your peers have
2: yeah definitely it was a huge part of my life and then i i think it was the best decision i ever, my, ever made in my life to go abroad and you know i grew up in fukuoka city back of my ma- my parents house is a mountain and in front of my parents has a rice field it's a small town That's dope. so for me like are actually going to see what's out there just like going abroad from the small town it's always a huge experience for me and Also, i may even though at the time my english is not great but i have passion for music so i could make a lot of great friends there who has also passion have passion for music we have a common language called music so we don't right. don't necessarily have to speak uh, be able to speak fluently So hanging out with them and learning English and learning uh, more cultures, learning cultures or one different thing. You fuck with, like, poutine and shit like that? Yeah, man. I (laughs) I was a fan of it at first. And by the end of the time I'm leaving, like, I miss poutine, man. Uh, I've never had it.
0: Oh, dude, shout out poutine. It's just like French fries with gravy and shit, right? And cheese. cheese? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never had
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds
0: sounds pretty different than the Japanese fucking uh, cuisine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's like... uh, ramen for me in kind like, like after comfort party comfort food. Yeah, yeah after party food like where we after party we go to spot and grab some soup Did i miss i miss good
1: street comfort food after shows and stuff like we get in the west i really miss going for like a bagel after like a show or like pizza
0: i miss like american breakfast at fucking 2 30 in the morning like go <laughs> and eat bunch of pancakes and sausage and hash browns and shit yeah. for like six dollars at Denny's or something. The Denny's out here is not Denny's. No, to me. no, not at all. Super, so super disappointing. It's, yeah. I don't even think you can get pancakes at Denny's, right? They've got one pancake set, but it comes with a side salad, which is just blasphemous. <laughs> it seems like the wrong thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, a
2: lot of chains different, right? I only knew a Subway in Japan. A subway in Japan is like healthy, <laughs> like it's kind of like a uh, conscious right fast right. food yeah when i went canada like subway in canada and was like they have like meatball sandwiches the, the yeah. best they're the subway best sandwich. they're the best yeah <laughs> i loved it and bombed about it when i found out uh, they, ha- they don't have it in japan yeah
0: there's a lot of disappointment to be had once you go to the west for like unhealthy food and you come back to japan like we're getting better though the last several years we've gotten a lot better there's more Mexican food. We've got sandwich shops, yep. a variety of different uh, things that will probably kill you faster, like uh, Domino's Pizza out here. I feel like yo, that's a, that's a lot of calories. That is different than the Japanese approach to eating. Time to die, man.
1: I I heard that uh, I'm I'm almost jealous of uh, Seoul, career because they have mm. uh, Duncan over there.
0: Oh, okay a dunkin donuts yeah and I, is that your vibe in canada Dunkin' well, donuts guys man i I'm a, I'm a i'm a
1: timmy's guy i love tim horns okay i think tim's that's what they call it timmy's uh,
2: yeah tim's, okay
1: man. i think a double 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 tim's. right
2: mm. um double sugar double milk
1: yeah double milk double sugar boston cream mm. okay but uh i heard they just opened up two randy's donuts in seoul oh shit. yeah i never had randy's donuts before i know it's like this super iconic, right? Every That's time I've been to uh, to California, I never had a chance yeah, to go.
0: Yeah, we've got the big donut in Los Angeles and shit. I remember, I remember that driving past it. I've never actually had a Randy's donut before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems like Korea is a lot more open to adopting things from the West yeah, than, so. than Japan. Yeah. Japan seemed to be reluctant about it, or at least yep. more reluctant. And, and when they do adopt things, they kind of got to Japanese it up a little bit and make it a little bit less western but yeah. we're getting there i i feel like in the last five years you know i've been in tokyo for almost seven and like the last five years we've had a lot of changes carl's jr shake shack taco bell a variety of different mexican foods uh yeah we're getting there you yeah
1: know? i heard that like taco bell used to be in japan and it didn't do well and then they left and now they're mm, back really yeah interesting
2: okay
1: uh, um Is there, Johnny, is there a specific reason why when you decided to to travel, Mm -hmm. you picked Toronto?
2: Oh yeah, Uh, so I was uh, trying to go abroad with uh, walking holidays, so my option is either going to Australia or uh, Canada. And uh, I was listening to a lot of Drake at the time, so that's why I Mm. decided to go to Toronto. Okay, I think Toronto is a good look, man. (laughs) I think it's a great
1: city.
0: That's what I hear. I've I've never actually been up to to Canada, uh, except for like once near Niagara Falls and shit when I was like three. I don't remember it <laughs> whatsoever. But yeah, I hear I hear Canada's Toronto is great. Yeah, Toronto's it's like a really good. kind of uh, it's the closest to like an American city. Yeah, hmm. I think so, would do yeah. you think so? Yeah. I mean, you guys got a basketball, an NBA team. No other places in Canada to have that, right?
1: There used to be uh, in Vancouver, the Grizzlies. Okay. Used that's to right, be that's
2: in right.
0: Vancouver. Not anymore. Nope.
2: Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, tr- being able to travel to New York with, you know, night, night bus or Man. 2 hours flight would be a great <laughs> bonus. For oh, works. Well, yeah. Did you take that Greyhound? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Greyhound, took Greyhound to go to Montreal. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I took that bus too.
0: So let, let me uh i would like to get into more of like your djing and and uh those type of questions before we go into a break so cool you've been djing for like what eight years eight years yeah okay what, what kind of music do you like playing
2: um i, I love a uh, lot of things but mostly i play hip-hop r&b soul funk house uh, all that kind of stuff that i'm interested in oh uh, my uh, DJ style is leaning towards more towards the dance music centric recently, but uh, always my it's my always it's always my passion to uh, somehow smuggle raps or R&B into my set, so mm-hmm. integrate with the other genres, so it can be unpredictable and, and yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty important
1: as well. Uh, today's climate there's there's a lot more DJs than there used to be right uh just from the back of the the technology and the things you need to actually dj like when i was a kid not everyone could afford two turntables um so i think now it's it's even harder to stand out as a dj and one one of the things i do really like and appreciate about your dj sets is your diversity and Mm. to keep things interesting because the older i get my attention span gets so much shorter I'm like yeah. when I see like a beat set, I'm like twenty minutes sets, thirty minutes sets perfect. Anymore I'm starting to like my legs are getting tired. I wanna yeah. go and sit down <laughs> for a bit. And I think with uh with a with the DJ and especially if you're in like party mode is to is to just, you know, keep things moving in different directions and being able to like you do, smoothly tr- uh transition different BPMs and dramas is, is super difficult.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Judging Jeff was my huge inspiration support in, ter- in terms of DJing. His like those do set and he how he uh, mixes with the sample and then go to uh, hip hop, with the same sample and then straight into house or different genres. Like always, like always, uh, surprised me and then take my breath away. So those. Yeah. Those feelings, I, those type of feelings, I, is I what I love is about DJ's that when there's something surprising and then make you blown away. I uh I have a real strong
0: appreciation for Jazzy Jeff too. First off, I mean like he's super legendary. Yeah. I think a lot of people hear the name and they think of like Will Smith, like the fresh prince and jazzy jeff and yeah. so they kind of think of him as like a cornball which is what most people think about will smith's rapping but man he really is uh jazzy jeff is really such an important figure in turntablism mm-hmm. and he's also like the a, a high watermark in, in actual djing he's yeah. he, the way the way you describe it is seamlessly in uh incorporating samples into the you know uh, a new track or vice versa I think all that's important. One of, one of the things that I'm so tired of in Tokyo are DJ sets where I recognize like 80, 75% of the music. There's just so much good music out there right now is like, why am I getting shit that I already know? Um, I understand it's kind of safe to mm-hmm. be like, all right, so this is an underground, like a rap type of crowd. Let me play some Wu-Tang. But why are we always playing like Protect Your Neck instead of like Hell's Win Staff? Or where are like the B-side cuts? Yeah, Yeah, I I think the
1: mark of like a really good DJ too is just being able to read the crowd and being able to tell by just looking at people what they're going to like. Like if you're in that club and you're in that atmosphere and you know they want to hear like Protect Your Neck, then I feel like, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with playing that. I think being in a place where you know people maybe not it's background music more there may be some of them are heads but you don't know you don't you, right. you can't tell who's who and then you just get a feel by playing like different stuff but having your whole library there to like play whatever you want I think it's the hard part is deciding what to play and sure. whether to like you know I want to introduce people to this maybe they, maybe you they don't know about this mm. and I think the biggest compliment you can get is when you play something that you find and someone's like well, who's this what was right. this
0: and then like, oh i found this here this is some new shit or like what are what are some of the difficulties about what what's difficult about djing in tokyo from other places in your opinion
2: um i think uh difficulties uh there's a lot of like our community are based on genres they play so there's house community rap community and those different type of genres but uh since i play a Little bit of house, little bit of hip hop. Like I mix all the genres, it's hard to be our a in certain community. Sure. Yeah, so like I've done throw a party. My my uh book DJI book is like the same as me. They play a lot of things and I appreciate for that. I, I admire for them. So my if I throw a party, it's hard to read genres. It's easy to promote hip hop party, house party. Right. So it's uh, uh, that's a struggle I've been having. It's not necessarily not many people have to come, but you know, it's easy to eat, uh, better. Uh, uh, it's better to know that some people definitely like certain people come out when I mean, survive.
1: I think, I think for yourself, and you know, some of the other people we know, uh, people like Boo Bear in Okinawa, like uh other djs who are d- their passion for music is so strong and the genres they love is so broad that it's really hard to to, to say that they're this dj because they, okay, they play yeah. like so many things but mm-hmm. i think then you, it's hard to position yourself because you are so diverse like open format type yeah. of DJ. Yeah. and apart from making an event where you just put all mix on the flyer like really what can you do but yeah. I, I feel like one thing that strings a lot of these different genres is still rooted in hip-hop and I think the vibe can be like I don't know if it's a vibey house track Mm -hmm. and then a vibey jungle track and then some vibey trap stuff Mm -hmm. I feel like it's that smoothness that we go back to that kind of links those things together Mm, yeah
0: I think a lot of times, like, reading the crowd, I I don't really know what to say about that in Tokyo because a lot of times the crowd doesn't seem as though they're really interacting with the music. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there's other type of parties, but like like beat shows, for example, it's kind of like, who knows what these people want to hear right here because, like, the artist is, like, a lo-fi type of sound, and, like, what do you do with that? Uh, So, I don't don't really know um, much about reading a crowd out here, but the, the mark of a good DJ is also to make people like shit that they didn't know that they like. Yeah. Definitely. You know, you you, you you play the shit that they like, and then you kind of sprinkle in this Bjork track. And then they're like, hey, wait a second. what was?" If, if you can get one person to be like, what was that? Then, I mean, that's kind of successful. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I think uh, whip and sugar ratio is pretty important. I don't know how you say it in, Japanese, uh, in English. Uh,
1: yeah i don't th- i don't know, i don't know if we have an expression
2: the same um it's like it's like our it's like terms that we use in japanese like right it's yeah. like when I mean, you're trying to uh your kids study like, like if you study two hours you can have one hour game time or something like yeah, that yeah. so like for me our dj and when i pick track but it's like those uh thing that they don't know the crowd uh, i picked the track a lot of track a uh, crowd doesn't know about it and also mixes a uh, song crowd what love or would know. So like impact when you hear the song you knew or you know mm-hmm. or you love after something that you've sure. known yeah. like well, is a huge. That's a really
1: that? important thing. I, I found that recently through making music that I have purposely made parts of the tracks to sound really boring <laughs> and almost out of key so that when the proper track comes back, it's like, oh, it's like relief, mm-hmm. you know? And I think like that works. Yeah. Is that
0: kind of like uh, the, the saying like... Um, uh, medicine goes down with a better with a spoonful of sugar or is the, what is it? Dude, I, I I don't I don't know if there's mm-hmm. a like that a spoon term full that really of sugar helps that. the medicine go yeah, down. Yeah, that that's yeah. it, right? So it's like you you like like the medicine is like the really dope track that they don't know that they like. So yeah. you kind of play it in between, and all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, I do like Animal Collective or yeah, some right? shit. You know what yeah. I mean? So
1: yeah, um, dude, it's like know. enticing someone too with like a carrot on a string, right? You're like, okay. I just played this really famous track that you love. Mm. So I'm going to keep playing some other stuff you don't know yet, but maybe, you know, you yeah. don't know what's coming next. It could be, uh, we could play Annie Up next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
0: You also, um, I was curious, Submers mentioned to me that you also throw events in Okinawa. Uh,
2: occasionally, yeah. or I you have, or? I participate, my friend's event, my homie Boo uh, Bear, Submers mentioned him before, and then he throw our uh, in once in a six uh once uh, twice in a year so i i'm a regular dj for the event so i get to go to okinawa every six months
0: oh that's dope i I actually uh i was curious because i lived in okinawa for about two years oh yeah my wife is okinawan and so i I haven't When I was out there I only went to a handful Of like actual Hip hop type of events mm-hmm. Like all vinyl DJ type of sets mm-hmm. And I just Wasn't aware Of the Kind of beat scene That they got out there Or anything But like uh, Bug Seeds out there Now and shit too yeah. Right uh, Is he still out there He I think he's still
1: out there We okay. uh, The last time We were in uh, Okinawa Playing mm-hmm. That show Yeah We went a day early And we went And caught Lee Yeah shout out okay. lee uh do you know lee, lee yeah yeah
0: lee? um he makes like weird shit yeah dude what's yeah. It, what did, what did he go by asano asano, uh, asano uh, yeah 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 dude, he's fucking ill dude shout yeah. out
1: the the link for for lee jun and lee used to both work in the same ichidan yeah i'm enjoying oh
2: no shit yeah <laughs> you worked at ichidan yeah exactly oh yeah. <laughs> i i had the first uh part-time job in ichiran after and when i got the university and then there's uh uh, I told the uh, manager I love hip-hop and then he said uh, there's a rapper in the shop and then, then that was Lee actually I the actually
0: movie. didn't know he rapped like I only know him from he, his beats he used to rap yeah okay
2: he's, he was an actually great rapper in freestyle oh uh, man
0: I freestyle. met him I met him maybe like five years ago when I first it was like one of the first shows I went to and afterwards we went out and we ate and he gave me like a download link for his music and when i got it i was like yo this is weird as shit yeah i yeah. love it like yeah i've still I've, I've still got it got some of it on my phone i'm certain but uh can we can we go back to this ichiran shit right <laughs> like this is yo all right i have a homegirl who's like uh i guess you could call her uh an influencer Right. She's also a gaming streamer now, like sponsored by Facebook or some shit. Right. She's she's dope, like a super smart entrepreneur, beautiful model type uh, Gina Darling. Right. And so Gina comes out here every couple of years and I don't know where she got the information. But she's the one that put me on to, like, Ichiran. She's like, we got to go to this ramen spot. Everybody mm-hmm. says you got to go to this ramen spot. So we stand in line for, like, 45 minutes or some shit on a whatever Wednesday night. And finally we get inside. And I guess it's really dope because you get to, like, se- select all the single ingredients and in the approach that you want. But when I had the ramen, I was like, okay, this tastes just like every other mm-hmm. ramen spot that serves this type of ramen. What is the deal with that? Like, how did they get so popular? And, and what do you guys think about this obsession with Ichidan?
2: Man, for me, I work there, so I don't eat. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't appreciate that ramen that much. But thank God, experience is definitely unique that you are separated from uh, each our uh, customers. And then you're they... playing some Lee right now. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. Shout out Lee. And... Um, and they say like focus you have to focus on ramen so they are the wall between the customers mm. so that's just like a lie they're trying to make uh things uh, make art they're uh trying to be as uh, product- productive, as, uh productive okay yeah, yeah like uh, um uh, to sell as my ramen is pos- is possible. Yeah. there yeah. we go yeah. Yeah. so like so <laughs> since there's a Wall between customers. They don't talk after eat, after finish yeah. eating ramen. Get the fuck out. So yeah, something. exactly. Just They <laughs> right. leave so quick. No socializing and, here. Yeah, so they're just like, also like having always lying, always lying. I don't know why. They have line. I think. Yeah, they. I find
0: it's popular with foreigners. Dude, it's. Yeah. I my old place
1: in Harajuku was across the street from the Harajuku Ichiran, and every day there was like an hour wait. Yeah. With uh, tourists, always tourists. And the one in Shibuya always tourists. I don't know about other places in Japan,
0: but when we were in, uh, I went to the one in Fukuoka, and there was nobody there. It was completely Hmm. empty. It was just like. I've been there when it was been like a ten minute wait, but if you catch it at like the evening time or lunch it's usually kind of nuts like mm. i waited there once like for straight up an hour with people because they wanted to go and i was like yo do you see that spot that spot in that spot the ramen's probably pretty damn comparable yeah, dude, yeah. you might not be able to get your noodles at like fucking a level of firmness but it's going to be fine dude that the hype for things is real
1: man uh ben and jerry's in harajuku had like a four or five hour line to get Ben and Jerry's ice There's a Ben and Jerry's out here? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah,
0: they did open a few years ago. They got half baked. The 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 chocolate ice cream with the brownie and cookie dough and in that's it. That's the best that's one. That's the best right? one. For sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's like in the Bible or yeah. some oh, shit. And yeah. uh, The name too, man. Right. Come on. Uh, half baked? Yeah. Like, think about it. Yeah. What do you want? Some cherry Garcia? <laughs> Figure it out. What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, man. Dude, the uh the the hype is is real yeah, in Tokyo. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, hype and the experience that draws know. foreigners to I Guess
0: that's fucking weird. I like hearing about these stories of people that work at places that are kind of <laughs> strange. Like, you guys know um, OYG, right? Phenomenal rapper. That fool is like driving taxis. Yeah, dude. And I find that that's like the illest shit, wow. dude.
1: It really yeah. is. I remember like uh, when he first started. He was uh, we were playing a batchka. And he turned up in his like suit, suit? in his <laughs> yeah. taxi suit. And I'm uh, like, yeah. dude, you're looking fucking
0: sharp today.
1: Yeah. He's like, Yeah, dude, I f- I drive a taxi now. I'm like, that's cool as fuck, Yeah, man.
0: yeah I, I might have been at that same show. Was that like <laughs> Devin's going away party yeah, or something? Yeah shit? it was. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you I was, was there. Too. I was yeah, there, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh shit. I'm <laughs> throwing shit around. But yeah, that's fucking weird, man. Yeah, it, it's super dope. Um I I have one more question before we go on a break, but let me let's take a second and just listen to uh, let's listen to some Lee. His? I think this is a collaboration album that he did with somebody named uh, Ryuhei. Uh,
1: that's his, his, his name. Oh, oh really? It's kind of confusing. Yeah, yeah. His okay. name is like L-E-E-E-E, and then in brackets, s- Asano Ryuhei. Y- okay. U-E-O.
0: Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah. But, yeah, this is dope.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: don't really rap over this <laughs> you know what i mean Yeah. but
1: it's i love i love him he's super yeah. unconventional he did a whole mixtape where it was nothing but 50 cent acapellas and his beats though which is pretty it's pretty cool yeah.
0: i think the first time i saw him he was playing that okay i feel like somebody was like yo who likes 50 cent and i was like not me yeah i i'm a big hater of oh, uh, pop do. rap and shit. <laughs> I, i've i've come around to it more i think my old my co-host late actually kind of softened a lot of that stuff for me but i used to be fiercely like one of those underground like all the mainstream cats are really just trash but yeah so 50 cent diplomats cameron all of these fools i was fiercely against him i'm not even a kanye fan i'm not even a kanye fan i think he's clown shoes and i don't think that he should ever say he's going to run for the president (laughs) but yeah that um, I agree. My, my question uh, a question maybe uh, all right i got two questions and pick let's pick which one we want to we want to answer all right so one question was um what type of music for you is a guilty pleasure is there a music that you listen to that's a guilty pleasure either that or what do you guys think about these new subgenres of hip-hop for example mostly the rap shit like griselda and that kind of new New York sound is kind of a subgenre of hip-hop now. So which one of those you guys want to get into? Either? Either? Either, man. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think, stupid Kozo? It feels wrong saying that, like calling somebody like, hey, stupid Kozo. <laughs> what do you fucking think?
2: I got used to no It all works, man.
0: All my gaming homies, they don't call me mega. They don't call me by my government. They call me worst. So we'll be out in public and be like, yeah, you're worst. Pick up some (laughs) beers, too. And I'm like, okay. I should have picked, like, best person or something. But, you know, worst person.
2: Uh, Probably a guilty pleasure one.
0: Okay. I find the idea kind of interesting because usually, like, what is there to be guilty about when it comes to liking music? I think it has more to do with, like, cultural norms. And why is it that so many of the guilty pleasures that people usually have are related to, like, populist dance songs? So it's kind of like Journey, it's like people liking fucking the Macarena or some shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder what what it is about like pop dance music that people don't want to respect as like quality music. (laughs) That's guilty for them.
1: I think for me and for when I was young, I used to pride myself on my underground knowledge. And I used to think that's what makes me like cool, like I'm special because I know what's up. And I think acknowledging that you like something that most other people do like was not cool. Sure. And I used to think about that a lot. I used to really dislike it. If I re- if an au- artist came out and I was like, yo, this art is dope. I just put their first album, but now they're blowing up and like everybody and their mom loves it. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's cool anymore. Right. <laughs>
0: I, I got to admit, I kind of was feeling the same way about shit. Like... I would want my favorite artist to not be successful because I wouldn't <laughs> want corn balls to get a hold of it. I felt like a big problem, like a problem I have. The problem I have with Drake is not his music; it's his fandom. And the same thing about Eminem. Like I don't really need to dislike Eminem, but if every single rap fan is telling me he's the best rapper for the xyz reasons i start to dislike him more right Mm -hmm. so and and i I guess it kind of became a thing to if you were against something that was popular they started calling you like a hipster or some shit and so i had to kind of reframe my approach because i also didn't want to be a hipster you know what i mean (laughs) she was crazy did you can't win man uh,
1: the only thing is when you get older I, i i I don't strive to be cool as much as when I was younger. So I don't really care now if yeah. I love something this that's is like natural for me now. Like yeah.
0: everything I do yeah, is so yeah, damn cool.
1: But um <laughs> <laughs> <what> <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I am worse person. I love year. the idea of like you meeting somebody new and your friends introducing you and just being like, Oh yo, this guy's the worst.
0: Yeah, this is fucking worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we play we play games with him. He's <laughs> not very good. <laughs> Fucking worse. What's uh do do you guys have one guilty pleasure that the tops all others? Oh, man. I I don't know if it's a specific type of track. Like I like a lot of indie kind of rock, weird shit, animal collective, a lot of shit that is like I think for me a lot of it has to do with like the culture that I come from. So um I grew up in California around a variety of people, but of most of them, like black kids and you know Mexican kids, and even a lot of the white kids that I knew, we didn't listen to shit that was kind of like soft. You know what I mean? Like shit that was soft. It's a person singing some weird shit. It's kind of like, oh, okay, uh, what the fuck are you listening to, weirdo? Like, what the fuck is that? You'd you'd listen to like um you you you'd be less confronted if you were playing like boys to men than you were playing like some fucking Bob Dylan or some shit, right? And so for me like a lot of times if I want to be like yo I wouldn't play Kurt Vile in front of like the the god body homies you know what I mean it's like hold on let me play you this like fucking acoustic folk singy rock shit so I think a lot of it just has to do with who I'm around I'm more underground rap shit Okay you you were both in Canada for a while I mean submersive you're f- your fucking canadian uh
1: I'm, I'm english
0: oh oh no shit yeah i'm british why do i think you're canadian because i have canadian family okay okay yeah. okay but the accent too that's okay
1: i that think that throws people off. i think i think so <laughs> yeah you
0: don't have like a british accent why the fuck do i think you're canadian I think we talked about Canada for a while. Okay, maybe I because I thought you were Canadian, so like let's get into this Canadian shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like there's like some weird rap shit that came out of Canada in the early 2000s. It was like underground shit, and at that point, like the underground shit made by white guys almost sounded like rap music with an absence of like soul. Like there's no black elements of it almost at all, and so I wouldn't really hit people to that type of shit. When I was like one of the concept like the things we're gonna talk about in the next part of the podcast is like rainy day music. There's a song by this cat named Josh Martinez and the song's called Rainy Days. And when I think about rainy day music, that's one of the first things that comes up. But I would never introduce that song to like a rap homie because it's kind of like my rap homies is like fits. You know what I mean? My rap <laughs> homies is like, What the fuck is this shit? you know? So Yeah, that's kind of my guilty pleasure. Weirdo white boy rap, hip hop, (laughs) underground hip hop, is maybe my guilty pleasure.
1: Dude, I I think that's the inner DJ that comes out too. To where you constantly think, like, what do I think this person I'm with would appreciate?
0: Bet
2: right, because when I'm like,
1: if I go home and I see my mom, I'm not, I'm not trying to play her like, yo, check out this new. this new like rap shit i'm like yo i know she likes rock music or indie music but there's this really dope japanese band they play math rock or some shit maybe she's feeling it
2: work yeah but I think, yeah i totally agree with what mega said and um, security bridges is based on what you are who you are around with so yeah i feel guilty playing dj mustard on the house crowds sure well i I thought he was going
0: to say some real wild shit like his favorite Anka artist and like, yeah, I'm really into that.
2: I <laughs> also, have, also have fun like teasing them like that a little bit. Anka's so, yeah.
0: dope though. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not dope dope, but it's just like, you know, a person's singing ability is a little different than like a group of people putting together a, a song like k-pop is completely manufactured every element of it is manufactured they might be able to sing but like it's super product before art k-pop in the entire genre Mm. whereas like anka is like a talented person like fucking just singing some shit yeah it's different
1: i I, gotta agree my uh my wife is like a huge k-pop fan it's rough. Right? She, she's not like made me like hip to it. But one of the things I have seen is like these kids do like 12 hour days for months and months and months on end learning how to dance. And holy
0: shit, some of them can dance like super well. It's right. crazy. Well, you know, my kind of position on it is not that like the, the music or the product, I, I'd rather say, right. uh, lacks any talent like some of it is like the high water mark of dancing and production and and they've had had Teddy Riley produce tracks for like exactly Mm -hmm. but it's that it's that it's a copy it's taking like an original thing and it's a copy of not the original thing but it's a copy of the copy Mm -hmm. and so it's this bold Rillardian fucking hyper reality where uh, it's also like the kind of high water mark of late stage capitalism in music mm-hmm. where they're fucking basically uh everything about the art is controlled by this management company who doesn't take artists they fucking create them, form mm-hmm. them, they force them to dance, they've pit them against each other. And it's like it lacks art. It what it is is commodifying art. And it's genreless to an extent because they'll pull from anything that sounds good, mm. and uh, they're the 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 image of it is like these K-pop idols, mm. but in real sense they're more like wage slaves to this fucking company. So that's where I think it gets kind of gross mm. when yeah, it comes I, I, to K-pop. I, yeah, you know I definitely what I mean? agree. I, I'm really curious
1: to think like what some underground Korean rappers think about K-pop. Yeah. And if there's any lyrics about, you know, the I really dislike, uh, and it seems like it's more prominent in Asia than it is in the West, the, the whole management pop idol culture where right. they're basically paying these young kids like nothing mm. and they're, they're making a shit ton of money from
0: i i think that kind of american music well you know it's a big difference because the way that uh, korea's history didn't allow for artistry to kind of come up in the same ways that uh, other countries did specific specifically american like we've already seen like the control of management happen in the united states people break apart it people go against management companies we've had a whole evolution of music industry in art, uh, is combating, you know, forces, but K-pop has never had that opportunity because they've only just in the last like, uh, 30 years have really even had the opportunity to create a music genre or music, uh, industry, I should say. So it's a, it's a weird fucking thing, but yeah, I, um, I've, I've maybe heard like five K-pop tracks and maybe only one of them was me consciously deciding to listen to it. So my, uh, my whole rant here is less about the quality of it and more about kind of like how it operates within the music yeah, space. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Is that too deep, guys? Are we getting too fucking deep? Should we talk about <laughs> something stupid? Let, let, let's let's go ahead let's go ahead and, and take a break. We'll re up on the beers and then come into the second part where we can share some music. Before we go out, let me play some weird ass rap music that I don't think that I would share with any of uh, my my typical homies. Canadian shit. This is Danny Brown. <laughs> no. What is this? This is a cab from Canada named Kunga 219, and a guy named Josh Martinez. And listen how fucking gangsta these guys sound. I hold the key in my hand I make a mark like sand. Looking for my friend to call me down and take a stand. I was only I wouldn't play this around anybody. Other, listen to Josh Martinez, right? He's got like the weirdest. He, I quite like the verse. You know, I like it, but he doesn't sound like somebody that would ever be on a track with anybody. that Okay. This maybe came out in like 2000, 99? It's fun cooking up Little Hook Lane's
2: track for heavy rockin' back to tracking coalition. Visionary, very fun first session. The essence of those days was in Mike manifestin'. And it grew in every bottle's going
1: along on every way dropping bombs in cherry cone long before she was a mom it's been shown that i tried to ride the tidal wave and was all he's the ka yeah. my
0: Mike weird Tendo. voice yeah can i play this at uh the and fucking uh, breakdown in in, in hard <laughs> or in shibuya for the Rapcats? probably not right yeah we'll go out well let me not go out to that That's just trash so right. all right peace uh, oh, uh, Mega Late Show episode number 116 Stupid Kozo Submerse You yep.